In case you don't know me, my name is Mike. I am on staff here at the Vineyard. I have the great privilege of working for Neil and Kate and married to Lindsay. We have been, in a few weeks, we will have been in the UK for 13 years. And we have just qualified as British citizens. So there's no getting rid of us now, I'm afraid. You're stuck with us. Sorry? I don't know, Jenny. You, did you not see the online petition to stop it? <laughs> anyway, we're here, so that's it. Um, over the course of the summer holidays, Neil and Kate have invited various people to uh, come and tell stories about Jesus and share a little bit of, of why, why they love Jesus. So um, most of the people, I think the instruction was to share a, a parable of Jesus and then what you love about it and what you love about him. Um, as Neil and Kate aren't here today, I'm going to just like go a bit left field. And I'm not, I'm not sharing any parables today, but what I am going to share with you is the five simple reasons that I love Jesus. We were singing about it this morning. Um, we're so in, so in love with Jesus, and I just thought I'd share with you why I am so in love with Jesus. So let's pray before we start. Heavenly Father, we, we give you thanks this morning for this opportunity to, to gather together as one body. And I pray, Lord, that you will, um, you will speak through me, that my words will be your words, and that you will open up our hearts this morning, and that we will leave this place um, slightly more in your, um, slightly more like Jesus than when we arrived this morning. Amen. So, reason number one that I love Jesus so much. Jesus loved me before I was even born. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 say this. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. Um... There's a lady called Danielle Strickland, who is an officer in the Salvation Army, and she, she spoke at the Vineyard National Leaders Conference this year, and she told a story, um, it's actually a ritual that she does every night with her youngest son, and she says to him, as, as he's going to bed, she says to him, who made you? And he replies, God made me. And she asks him, how did he make you? He says, he made me good. It's just, it's, I think it's such an awesome thing to, to just reiterate the fact God made us good. Um, I almost wasn't made good, or almost wasn't made well for all you grammar people out there. Um, my eldest brother, or my next eldest brother, um, who, his, his eldest daughter is actually visiting us today, so um, if you get a chance, say hello to Gemma. Um, anyway, he contracted German measles while my mum was pregnant with me. And those of you who know anything about pregnancy will know that if you come into contact with someone with German measles while you're pregnant, it's generally not such a good thing. So my parents went off to go and see, a, a, see the doctor. And with it being Zimbabwe in the mid-70s, um, the first doctor they saw said, Oh, this is a disaster. Um, you need to abort the baby. And um, 
So they left there, and my mum said, yeah, we're not doing that. We're going to go and seek a second opinion. So they went to go and visit another doctor, and he had just discovered a test, or he had just been given a test um, to see whether the mother was at risk um, of having come into contact with German measles. So fortunately for me and Lindsay and all of you, um, <laughs> my mum passed the test and they, 40 odd years later, I'm still here. So Jesus loved me even in my mother's womb and he made me good. I might have ruined it a bit after that, but he made me good. <laughs> the second reason I love Jesus so much is because he gave his life for me. You know, we take, we take communion every week here at, at Southwest London Vineyard. We, um, once a month we, have, we generally have people serving it, but usually it's just our chair and it's there for everyone to, to come and help themselves. Um, we don't make a big formal affair of it. You don't have to go through any courses to do it. Uh, we just believe that if you know and love Jesus, then you are eligible to take communion. Um, and it's just as Jesus commanded in, in Luke 22 in, um, at the Last Supper, he says, And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given to, for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. You see, Jesus gave up his life, seated at the right hand of Father God, to come down here to earth, knowing he was going to be arrested, beaten, mocked, whipped, and then nailed to a cross and left to die. I don't know about any of you, but if I was sitting at my dad's right hand, um, and he said to me, um, you need to go down and go and live with these people. You're gonna, from the moment you're born, you're going to have a king trying to kill you. Um, you'll have a fairly pleasant childhood, and then people will begin to mock you. Um, you'll be arrested, and you'll have all sorts of false claims made against you, and you'll eventually die a gruesome death nailed to a cross. I'll be like, yeah, I'm okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> get one of your minions to do it. I'm going to stay here. And, um, but not Jesus. Jesus loved us so much. He was like, okay, I'm in. Um, and, you know, he, he, could have, he could have got out of it at any stage. But he stuck with it. And he loved us so much that he was prepared to go through all of that just for us. Not just to save us but so that we could live a life and a full life here on earth as well. So, reason number three that I love Jesus so much is because Jesus knocked on the door of my heart and I opened it up to him. Revelations 3 verse 20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with them and he with me. So, I first heard about Jesus when I was about eight years old. My mom ran the scripture union in our primary school. And we were chatting about Jesus and reading the Bible. And I decided that yeah, he was a pretty good guy. And I think I first gave my life to Jesus because I was just so terrified of going to hell. 
Um, it's not that I loved him when I gave my life to him. It was just I looked at hell and I looked at heaven and I went, yeah, I'm going to choose this one. Um, so, yeah, I was about eight when I gave my life to him. Um, and Jesus knocked on the door of my heart and I opened it and he came in and dined with me. Um, just as he had done, uh, we read about in, in Mark chapter 2. Uh, it says this, Once again Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And Paul reiterates this fact in his first letter to Timothy, where he says this, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. So I'd just like to encourage you today, um, whatever whatever you've done in your life, whatever sins you've committed, however bad you think you've been, there's nothing that Jesus can't rescue you from. Paul describes himself as the worst of sinners. And for those of you who who don't know Paul, in his former life, before he became a follower of Jesus, he, he used to persecute the modern-day Christians. Um, and so if anyone can be... If, if, if Jesus can save Paul, he can save any one of us today. The fourth reason that I love Jesus so much is because he never gives up on us. Um, whilst I opened the door to Jesus when I was eight years old, and... Followed him fairly diligently throughout my school career. Um, when I left school, it's probably fair to say that I went on a bit of a walkabout. Um, uh, some might say I invited Jesus in to dine with me, and then I left him sitting at the table and I went off partying. Um, but no matter what I got up to, no matter how many dingy nightclubs I visited, um, no matter how many dodgy people I, I hung out with, um, no matter what kind of um, what kind of dodgy music I was listening to, no matter how many crimes I may have or may not have committed, um, <laughs> uh, Jesus never gave up on me. I can't say I ever actually got to the point that Peter got to when Jesus was arrested of denying Jesus with my own words. But I can happily, well not hap- I can easily say that um, I denied Jesus with my actions many, many times. And I've certainly failed to speak up for him and admit that I knew him on many, many occasions. And even then, Jesus didn't give up on me. A few months ago, Neil and I were meeting with, with a young guy who, um, he was going through a rough time in his life. He was... 
um, making some bad decisions and choosing the wrong route in his life. And Neil sat and listened to him for, for a long while. And then um, he, during a pause in the conversation, he just said to him, he said, Jesus has a calling on your life. So you can keep going down this path until you hit rock bottom. Or you can turn around now and come back to him. How you get there is up to you. But when Jesus has a calling on your life, there's no escaping him. He's going to come and find you and he's going to have you one way or another. And if you're here today and you're running from Jesus and the calling's on your life, then this is your opportunity to just stop and to stop running and to turn around and just say, here I am, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm yours. Come and have your way with me. Because I promise you this, he's not going to give up on you. Um, and it's much easier just to just stop before you, before you hit rock bottom. Um, believe me, it's, it's much easier. The fifth reason why I love Jesus so much is because he, like every good brother, he shares his toys with us. Um, I was the youngest of five children. Um, so I didn't really have a choice in my house. I had to share my toys. Um, but my siblings were, were also very generous in, in sharing with me as well. My, my sister had a, a lovely Barbie doll. And um, I decided that I was going to train to be a hairdresser. So I'm, I gave it a crew cut. Um, <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, my, my mom found it before my sister did. And my mom went and bought her a new one. <laughs> so... Um, my sister didn't beat me up for that, but um, my my brother was also very generous. He he played um, what would be county level water polo, and he would very generously let me play goalie. Um, <laughs> well, so I sat in the goals, and he would fire water polo balls at my head. Um, when we got to the UK, I I, I went to go and see a, an ear nose and throat specialist I was having sinus problems and he looked at my nose and went has your nose ever been broken I went probably (laughs) Um, so anyway uh, I had my septum straightened my nose is all good now Um, but I had very generous brothers and sisters and Jesus Jesus is also very generous Um, we've got a saying in the vineyard everyone gets to play and what we mean by this is that if you know and love Jesus you qualified to do his works. Uh, in Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus was sending out his disciples, he said to them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. And again, after his resurrection, before he ascended to heaven, he said this, um, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, Jesus took all the gifts given to him by the Holy Spirit, and he shared them all with us. He didn't take them back to heaven with him. He didn't say, well, you can have prophecy, but I'm going to hold on to healing. Um... He just said, freely you've received, so freely give. He calls us to be generous with our gifts as he is with us. And 
you know, we, we're very fortunate to have a church full of generous people. People often ask me um, when they join this church, you know, how, how, do we come, how do we become members of Southwest London Vineyard? And it's really pretty simple. We don't have classes you need to go through. We don't have a long application form to fill out. There's really just four criteria that we use to see if you're a member of Southwest London Vineyard. Number one, come regularly on a Sunday. Uh, I would go so far as to make coming on a Sunday a priority in your life, which you dedicated people have on this beautiful bank holiday, sunny weekend. So give yourselves a hand. Well done. Um, number two, join a home group. You know, I was, I was selling it earlier. Um, Lindsay and I, uh, we, we probably... I'm not sure if we would even still be married if we hadn't have joined a home group the moment we joined this church. Our home group has been our rock. Um, the, we have friends from our first home group that we joined who we're still in contact with, even though they've moved to New Zealand and America and South Africa. And um, We are godparents to children who've been born from that home group. Um, just join a home group. Find a brochure if you need some advice. Um, come and ask me. Ask Manny and Sinead, and just just get involved. It will it'll, it'll do you good. I promise you. The third criteria is find somewhere to serve. There's nothing that gets you integrated into the family as much as getting involved in doing the chores. Um, find somewhere to serve. If it's here on a Sunday morning, serving tea and coffee on the welcome team, the setup team. Join the Vineyard Kids team. Um, it's, it's just a, a great way to get involved. We, our community center where we are hosting the, the barbecue after church, um, we run a food bank there twice a week. We run a job club there. Um, we run a toddlers group there. We have free counseling services. And we need teams to run that. And, and it's just such a great opportunity to serve the local community, to minister to people. If you want to evangelize people, it's the easiest, easiest place to do it. People walk in the door and you just, it, it's, it's really, really easy. So find somewhere to serve, get stuck in. And the fourth criteria, just give. Give of your time, give of your energy, give of your money. Um, we don't get the school for free. We don't run all our, our outreach projects for free. So freely you've received, so freely give. Um, we have a saying in the vineyard, come as you are, don't stay as you are. And if you get involved and get stuck in, you, you will not stay as you are. You won't have a choice to, but to, to, to be transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. So, as we come into land, if you've heard nothing else from me this morning, just hear this. Jesus loves you, and he'll never give up on you. Jesus has a call on if each and every one of your lives. If you're here this morning, um, Jesus has a call on your life. And he won't rest until you are back on track and 100% committed to that call he has on your life. If you're here today and you, you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about and you want to know more about him... Um, or if you're here today and, as I did, you chose to go walk about for a while, um, then 
we're going to have an opportunity in a minute for you to come down and we'd love to pray with you and either help you give your life to Jesus or help you recommit your life to Jesus. Um, If we can have the band back, um, we're going to worship for a little bit longer. And as we worship, if you want prayer for that or for anything else, if you want prayer for healing, um, if you've got worries in your life, if you've got um, stresses going on, come down to the front. We'd love to pray for you. And Jesus wants to change your life, and we'd have the, love the privilege of, of praying with you while he does that. Don't forget to join us for a barbecue at the yard afterwards, and we will see you all next week for the last of six weeks of summer. We're just going to have a picnic next week. We'll be relaxed, we'll hang out, and we'll be back on our normal schedule on Sunday the 10th.